Being as this segment is about voice, I immediately realized that we cannot continue without talking to my very old and very good friend, Allison Smith. Hi, Randy. How are you? I'm very good. It's not snowing here. No, but it is here in lovely Calgary, Alberta. I'm not sure how I feel about being described as your very old friend, Randy. Oh, yeah, that's that was that was not adroit at all, was it? That needed to be that needed to be rephrased. Well, you can see I'm not a pro like you. You know, I asked you a minute ago because I, w- I wasn't even sure had you started like voice acting or what was your initial moment where you said to yourself, well, this voice isn't that bad. I can use this voice for something. <laughs> What was that? Uh, you know, yeah, it wasn't exactly a moment like that. So basically, my background is in theater. I have a BFA in drama. I can tell you what we used to call that, the Bachelor of F all. Yeah. So, uh, And actually, I got into voiceover a little accidentally because there really wasn't a lot of voice training at the University of Calgary, which is where I got my degree. So what voice training we got was geared more towards theater and how to project to the balcony, that kind of thing. So very little uh, speech and voiceover training. So I, I just, on a whim, I contacted a local FM top 40 radio station and asked if they um, wanted voice talent for their radio spots. And uh, as it turns out, there was quite a shortage of especially female voices. So, And of course, they have no money. Radio stations don't necessarily have money to pay talent. So they paid me off in concert tickets and T-shirts. And uh, I, I did voiceovers every week. And they kept everything that I did on a, you know, a professional reel, which I was then able to duplicate and market to ad agencies and sound studios. And it just basically kind of took off. So it really was very accidental. And to answer your question, no, I don't really think that I had a moment where I went, wow, I sound great. Because, you know, even to this day, I'm a little confused about why people like my voice. I think I just sound like a person. Um, But apparently it's marketable. Absolutely. I think that, um, first of all, I think you may have, and I should have said this from the beginning, you have a website, which the URL of which is www.theivrvoice.com. And the reason why it's called IVR, a lot of non-telephony people don't really know what that is. It stands for Interactive Voice Response. So basically, anytime you call into a phone system and you're dealt with by sort of an automated entity, which is basically what I am, that's my niche. (laughs) Um, Yeah, broadcaster, but my specialty is being kind of a disembodied voice on telephones. And we will get into more of the telephony thing because that's how you and I met. And it's that's a kind of an yeah. interesting, that whole story is kind of interesting in and of itself. But I wanted to mention, since you mentioned the site name, I think you may have published something about this. Everybody thinks their voice sucks, basically, unless you're some kind of a monumental ego, correct? Did, did you publish something on that? I think you did. Uh, I did. Yeah. Wow. You actually read my blog. I that's do great. read your blog. <laughs> Yeah, no, I wrote a blog article a little while back about, um, I think I entitled it, I don't really sound like that, do I? Because that's what everybody says when they hear their own voice. The reason why you have a different take on how your own voice sounds is that you're hearing it through the benefit of a bunch of different filters. You're listening to it through a, a series of bone and muscle and tissue. And so when people hear a recording of themselves, they're usually appalled, and they don't even recognize themselves. Now, I... Uh, with recording my voice day in and day out, I've become a little detached from my voice. It's simply just a product. And I can listen to it objectively and go, that was a good take. That was not a good take. So yeah, I have that 
objectivity of almost like a dancer looking at themselves in the mirror going, oh, that alignment is way out. You know, I can I can sort of critique my own voice. And I think any kind of acting or public, anything that you do in public, uh, this is a really good general thought for anybody who wants to do anything. I'm a musician, so I've been through this all my life, is that once you're out there on the public stage, you really have to get over that, boy, that really sucked, <laughs> you know, because you'll never do it again otherwise. And you, what no, you need to do is... You, what you need to do is put energy, if it did, if it really did, if you think it really did, um, then you need to put energy into finding out what was wrong and fixing it, because otherwise, no one's ever going to continue what they're doing. Anyway. Yeah, you know, so, like, there's that famous quote in the Eagles song, don't let the sound of your own wheels make you crazy. <laughs> so you can get a little too introspective and a little too obsessed with how do I sound? How do I look? Um, yeah, I, I think a certain amount of self-monitoring is good, but don't get carried away with it. Right, right. And as I was saying, uh, you are a very big star in the telephony industry, and that was through Mark Spencer. Now, we're not going to go too much into detail on that because th this is an audience, presumably, who is not that into PBXs and stuff, but it's worth talking about how it started and the fact that you and I met at an Astricon I might as well say yeah. astracon.net in case anybody wants to go to these things. They're once a year. They're very, very interesting. A lot of interesting people there. And you and I met, I think, for the very first time in person at one of those, maybe five years ago, something like that. We did. Yeah. No, it's incredible. It's a great gathering of all these uh, enthusiasts and developers of the Asterisk um, telephone system, which is basically an open source PBX telephone system. But yeah, years ago, I uh, received an email. And this is when I had my very first kind of rudimentary home studio. I received an email from some guys from a company called Digium out of Alabama. I'd never heard of them. They were really fun. And they had me record a bunch of prompts. And I just did them and they were great and the check cleared and I didn't think too much of it. I just thought, oh, it's another job. And it turned into this massively huge, incredible thing where I started to get emails from independent asterisk guys saying, oh, can you do this for us? Can you do this for us? And it just snowballed. And I just considered myself to be so fortunate to have landed that job because even though I had done lots of voiceover before that and had done some telephony work as well, um, that really, asterisk really, really put me on the map with regards to telephony voicing. And we're going to, I'm going to attach a sample of your work, kind of an amusing thing, and I'm not even going to describe it. I'll just, uh, I'll put it on the end of this uh, after we're done. And that shows a little bit, it's kind of an answering machine type thing. Um, and it's yeah. just something that's played. That's all I'm going to say about it. It's it's just a very typical thing that you might get if you call a person or a company. Uh, you you tweeted like two days ago. Hey, this is really up to date. All this uh, something hilarious, <laughs> which is uh, that your mother referred to you as a third person when she called your voicemail, saying, "Tell her to call me." <laughs> she did. Yeah, Randy. When uh, when answering machines first came out, um, she gave me one for Christmas, which was wonderful. And this is when you had to kind of carry around. It looked almost like a TV remote in your handbag to retrieve the messages. You had to go up to the mouthpiece and go beep, right. and that tripped some sort of signal. It was horrible. But anyhow, yes, my mother, um, quintessential Canadian lady, would leave messages saying, "Oh, this is Charlotte. This is Allison's mom. Can you get her to give me a call back? Real good, then." You know, she was one of those real good then ladies. And was uh, the voice yours on the message or not? 
<laughs> the outgoing message, yes, yeah, it was so. mine, but she she always referred to the answering machine in the third person like it was some sort of assistant. That's really she was hilarious. Charlotte was just a hoot. Yeah. That's funny. So um, as a final part of the PBX work that you're doing, by the way, if people do have a company, um, something that drives me crazy, by the way, on the Internet is when people don't use professional translators. So when I see bad French, because I, I understand French, I'm living here for years. And when mm -hmm. I see really inept uh, French translations, I know that it's somebody's niece or nephew who's in high school who did that. Oh, yeah. uh, and I have called companies where there were some prompts that they picked up someplace that were professional prompts, maybe even you or somebody professional, and then they would insert their own prompts um, that were atrocious, that had, it sounded like Witch Hazel or somebody, uh, and it scared me off. It was during the payment process, actually. And what I'm, oh, leading, what I'm leading to here is that I believe people can submit jobs to you at the IVRvoice.com, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Or through the Digium website, whatever they feel more comfortable with. If they're, uh, you know, a free PBX fan, there's also an ordering system through their website as well. Right. So it's very, very easy. And, you know, the other factor that people are convinced of is that it must be prohibitively expensive to hire me. And it's really, really not. Um, I also do a very, very user-friendly thing where I break my hourly rate into half-hour increments. Mm. Kind of like a dental hygienist that does, you know. <laughs> <laughs> increments but seriously i'm not i'm not interested in hosing people for an entire hour if they just have a couple of short updates right. so once once people use me and they realize that it's actually not as expensive as they thought i think it's actually more expensive in the long run getting someone in your your company just grabbing someone putting them in a quiet boardroom and getting them to do it unprofessionally and having a mix of a bunch of different voices on your system yeah, it's, it's never it's never good, and it's a, there's another example of this when we, we worked in webs, web sites for a while where people would go, oh, I'll see if I can find some snapshots. But, you know, no, you, we're hiring a photographer. Hello? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so you, you want a professional voice on your site. So well, they, here's, here's my latest funny story, and when I did a talk at this year's Astrocon, I started with this story. My husband finally convinced his company to move their phone system over from Cisco uh, <laughs> to Asterisk, which I was thrilled about and I was just sort of kidding him at dinner one night and I said who do we know that could voice your prompts <laughs> and because it's a radio network he said oh they're just going to grab one of the DJs and of course I felt you know the vein on the side of my head going thwip. <laughs> you know I guess he's excused because they do actually have pros on staff but um, it just says a lot about your company if you're not willing to hire a pro to do Anything. I mean, you hire a pro to do graphics for your website. Why would you not um, hire a voice that's readily available to do all your updates and have a consistent sound throughout your system? I don't know. I agree. And some of the other things that you've done that, that do have uh, something to do with phone systems, by the way, are... Uh, things like prison collect calls. Uh, is there a little yeah, short list on that? Very big in prison right now. Yes. <laughs> very big in prison. Yeah. You're the yeah, after yeah. Johnny Cash. You're the go-to girl <laughs> in prison. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. So there was a. It, it's still existing, and they still update it from time to time. But it's a, a way to purchase things for inmates so you can actually purchase supplies and pay someone's parole and bail mm. online. And I do all of those. Um, those prompts. So, you know, the, the customer that engaged me to do that, I said, oh, so you want the really sexy voice, right? <laughs> they said, no, no, please. No, that's not. Do that. um, I'm also uh, the voice of an auto dialer that will call registered sex offenders to let them know 
that they haven't yet checked in with their parole officer. How it's did great. you get into this speciality, actually? That's a little suspicious <laughs> in, in and of itself. I, I think I've also heard that you've woken yourself up with a voice in a hotel at some point. Yeah. Yeah, that actually happened. I stayed in a hotel in Dallas and I ordered a hotel wake up call because sometimes I don't trust, you know, that the cell phone will wake me up. And it was me waking me up. So I'd completely forgotten that I did the (laughs) system for I can't remember what hotel chain it was. But see, that's the thing also about open source uh, voicing for the open source market is that my prompts will show up, you know, any number of places and I have no control over what happens once they leave my studio. So people will say to me, oh, are you the voice of, you know, fill in the blank of company? And I always say, uh, possibly. <laughs> yeah, you I, don't even know. I, I don't even know. Yeah, that's the thing. Whenever, yeah. I, whenever I hear a phone prompt and it isn't you, it's a female voice and it's not you, I'm going, what, what are they doing with this? Where are they going with oh, this? What's wrong sweet. with these people? <laughs> I can't do everything, Randy. Yeah. So you, speaking of doing everything, though, you have branched out into other things. And one of the things that you mentioned to me was some training, uh, particularly for women and their voicing uh, abilities. In uh, yeah. Why don't you describe that? Because I'm not getting anywhere with my description. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah. So as you may or may not know, I'm a a longtime yoga practitioner. I think this is my 12th year of uh, being in yoga and I love it. It's just, it's life changing. So I have noticed, especially as my teachers get younger or am I getting older? I'm not sure it's happening. Um, Young women in particular seem to be plagued with certain, uh, as I call them, affectations or tics. You've probably heard it. It's kind of a Kardashian sound where they sound like they're a little bit tired. (laughs) It's called vocal fry. And that seems to be rife in the yoga community, as is, believe it or not, and you're an old California guy, you'll Uh get a kick out of it. I'm seeing a resurgence of a full on valley girl accent. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So, you know, women, women in the, the waiting area waiting to get into class, they're going, oh, my God, this room is so hot. Be prepared. It's like 38 Celsius, you guys. <laughs> they're yeah. actually something like that. And I'm actually having yoga teacher trainees who have speech patterns like that. So uh, I've been invited by the yoga studio where I practice to actually take part in their training process to raise awareness about speech and how effective it can be in yoga instruction and how it can be derailed by these affectations. I would think, indeed, the first example you gave uh, would be sort of irritating. And some part of the reason you do yoga is to relax and so on. So yes, that, that seems very odd to me. Yeah, I know. So anytime that there is kind of an affectation that makes you go, oh, gosh, why is she saying it like that? That kind of brings you out of you know, your, your internal process of practicing yoga. So, um, you know, I, I'm just flattered to be asked to spread, you know, whatever expertise I have in that area. And it's the perfect marriage of both huge passions in my life, which is yoga and speech. I'm fascinated by speech. I'm fascinated by why people talk the way that they do. Probably in France, they have different affectations. Um, absolutely. I don't know. absolutely. How does Mr. sound in Paris? <laughs> Well, one of the things um, one of the things that I was just thinking about the other day was how, if as you travel the world, uh, most languages have a, a time wasters while you're thinking, especially when you're learning language. But you'll notice around you the people who are native speakers do the same thing. The obvious example of that is you know, right? So it's uh, well, and uh, you know, and I was listening. I was listening to someone from some government the other day said you know several times. 
Uh, oh. It's just a time waster. It's a filler. And I, when I was in Germany, I was, I think it was like on television or something. I was watching somebody who was being interviewed, and he kept saying "Wissen Sie, Wissen Sie," which means you know. And the French say oh, the French say the same thing, although not quite as much. But a lot of there are all these spacers. I'm trying to think of them in English. In French, a lot of people go. Uh, which means and uh, you know, and right, we, right. all languages seem to have that in common. I don't know what that sounds like in Chinese, but um. yeah, funny. Yeah, I'm sure, and there, I'm sure there's different words for it in different languages. The other thing that a lot of people do, and a lot of younger people will do, is upspeak, where yeah. everything is in the Goes form. Up. Of, yeah, everything so we up had at some, the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we we had flooding in Calgary a few years ago, and they were interviewing a woman from the water department to, you know, give us an update. And so she was saying things like, well, we're hoping that things will be drained by Thursday. And if not Thursday, probably Friday. And it's like, are, are you asking? Or are you telling? It's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. Thing. maybe it's a tentative. I'm not sure if what I'm saying is correct. So I'm just going to send it out and see if it lands with you. I don't know what it is. Like, <laughs> I think that sounds like a pretty good explanation. Actually, you, what you do in life professionally is, eliminating all these little pitfalls and that's what professional voice is about i would say yes well, it's absolutely. a small part of it anyway the other part is of course understanding what the client wants and getting that particular shall i say emotion or lack of whatever they want they want oh, a, they want an ambience they want an atmosphere they want a a feeling that you're giving to people and uh, the prison is one thing and the perfume store is another so Absolutely. But it's really funny how I will ask a client, what sort of mood or feel are you trying to create with your phone system? And often that question is met with a bit of silence with, you know, wow, that's a great question. We haven't thought of that. And yet they think about their image when they're designing their website. Exactly. Um, yeah, in all other aspects. So and, and sometimes I can predict it pretty well, although certain industries will surprise you. You, you would think like a bank or a financial institution would be very, very serious because money is very, very serious. And yet so many banks want to have a very soothing, conversational, sure, I can check your balance. Why don't you enter your PIN number while I wait? They want it to be just a nice, casual, uh, almost like a bank teller, friendly bank teller, that kind of persona. Yeah, I think that's actually, that's interesting because that is coming to most businesses now. I mean, if you call T-Mobile or any of the phone carriers or banks and so on, it is. It's much more relaxed. We haven't lost the horrible music. And I say horrible music because not only is the music bad, but the quality is so bad. And they loop it so short that it's it's just a huge irritant when you're waiting. Speaking of waiting, speaking of waiting, in just a moment, I'm going to play that tape of uh it's not a tape actually but the recording <laughs> that you did with our very good friend Carl and we'll get to that in just a second but we want to repeat the uh not only the ivrvoice.com but also you're on the Twitter I'm <laughs> so, on the Twitter yes yeah. uh at @voicegal so uh yeah follow me I I hope I tweet interesting stuff I don't know I try to do it every day and I try to leave little nuggets of uh you know, stuff that's hopefully pertinent to the industry. I don't know. You've gotten really good at that, Allison. And speaking of good, on that note of uh, flattery, I'm going to um, insert the file that you did for Carl, and I think that this will prove beyond a doubt who you are. Okay? Thank you for joining us, Allison, and I'm really sorry I didn't see you this year, but... Um, we missed you so much, Randy, so next year for sure, okay? Because you're a staple in the community. You're, you're a... <laughs> 
Staple or a stapler? (laughs) (laughs) You pick. Thank you so much for asking me to be interviewed. It was a delight. You are a delight. Oh, please. I have to cut that out now. (laughs) I don't think I will. Thank you for calling Carl. Did you know that Carl has been a proud member of the Chicago community since 1994 and has over two friends in the Chicagoland area alone? Thank you for continuing to hold. Carl is just moments away. Thank you for holding. We appreciate your patience. We are busy giving other customers the same legendary Carl service that we look forward to giving to you when your call is answered shortly. Your call is very important to Carl. Carl is committed to giving you the kind of service you deserve. When Carl returns, he will give you the careful attention that you've come to expect from Carl. Your patience is appreciated. We know your time is valuable, and Carl knows that too. We'll be with you shortly. Did you know that Carl has many interests, including creating elaborate parodies of music on hold recordings with professional voiceover artists like Allison Smith? Please hold on. Carl will be with you in just a moment. You're only moments away from receiving the Carl experience firsthand. It's an exciting time to be you. Don't hang up on Carl. Carl processes calls in the order they are received, so please continue to hold. If you hang up and redial, this will only further your delay in speaking to Carl. You're holding for Carl kingpin of the asterisk community. Ask about the Carl difference and how you can be a part of it when your call is answered shortly. That's Allison Smith at theivrvoice.com. Check her out. She's good people.